Welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast, episode 1070. This is my interview with Daria Gutnick discussing Bunch AI, an AI leadership coaching platform. Enjoy. Hello, Daria. Welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. Great to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. No, that's cool. You've got um, a bit of an interesting background, but what I'm really fascinated by is this, um, I suppose, leadership platform called Bunch that you're a part of. Tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, I'm a co-founder there, co-founded this with uh, one other social scientist that wants to change the world and um, a few engineers and uh, product people and designers. And we are building an AI coach to help professionals around the world to step up at work and kind of have this ally in the workplace that they can go to when they have struggle and, and triggering moments, whether it being giving feedback to your boss that you don't know how to phrase, or if it's a conflict with a coworker, or if you're not getting enough recognition. So all those typical moments that we all know from the workplace, and we've had plenty of, I think, given the economical situation. And we want to build a tool for every professional out there, kind of basically bringing the power of a coach to everyone in the workplace. That's kind of the idea behind Bunch. Okay. Fascinating to use AI um, for now coaching. I mean, I've heard a lot of different, you know, new AI tech that's coming through to help people in their in their work lives or, or personal lives even. Um, how do we come up with this idea? Um, this was actually a, a super interesting journey. It's like it wasn't as straightforward as one might think, you know, like sometimes yeah. people look at startups and they're like, um, yeah, you probably like set in the garden and one day this rained on you and it's not how it happens of course mm. so yeah. we always wanted to build something that helps people at work collaborate better and kind of get like work through conflicts and weird issues in a different way so my background is psychology and I also am a leadership coach and my co-founder is a social scientist who studied um, conflict resolution actually and so we both had the feeling that there's lots of dysfunctional dynamics and behavior in the workplace still and there are lots of conflicts that actually are not productive and mm -hmm. when we worked with people through you know workshops and kind of the older formats in the beginning of our careers we noticed that people do improve of course like the more mature you become the more you improve your emotional intelligence and your social skills the easier these situations become and they actually become opportunities for growth and we really were passionate about basically changing that kind of field, so to say. But at the same time, we were, as I mentioned in the beginning of our careers, however, we were trained by kind of, um, I don't know, people that do organizational development, leadership development with like, you know, flip charts and like workshops. And nowadays it's webinars, of course, but it still felt like really old fashioned. And when we started working with um, kind of more, yeah, junior people that were kind of the new wave and the new generation in the workplace, they were rightfully asking for shorter formats and a more gamified experience and kind of this feeling of having someone with you at all times rather than having these sporadic like one-off type of trainings like one and done because it doesn't stick. You can't remember it. Like mm. the thing you need in the moment doesn't come to you just because you heard it like six weeks ago in some workshops, right? So yeah. we had this idea of actually kind of scaling a coach um, but at the same time, we didn't believe that a consultancy is the business model to go with that. So like we we saw that, I mean, you know, like 
working hours and work days are getting longer. It's really difficult to sign off. So like we just oppose this idea of kind of, you know, employing, I don't know, an army of consultants and like try to make shift systems so that we can be there for everyone. And eventually, I mean, after I think a year or so operating as a consultancy, we decided we will make this a product company and we will try to attempt the impossible, which is basically replace um, a coach with a tech enabled version of a coach um, mm. to go as far as possible. So like, we don't think that we replace coaches altogether. That would be completely not meaningful. But we also know that the majority of people out there don't have access to a coach. Like they can't afford it. The company doesn't provide it. They may be self-employed and we want it to be there for everyone else, basically for the like 80% of the working population that doesn't have access to coaching. And we wanted to achieve that with technology and a digital product, basically. That's kind of how it happened. So how long has Bunch been up and operating for now? So the product as it is today is two years in the market and we okay. started developing it a few months before. So like 2020 okay. well, was a COVID yeah. uh, baby. <laughs> and what's the adoption be, Mark? So we have 70,000 signups, so users mm -hmm. that have tried us out. And we just launched our premium version in December, actually. And that's growing quite nicely. So our um, membership, uh, premium membership growth rate is 100% month over month currently. So we're doubling our uh, membership um, number. So quite nicely adopting, actually. And mm -hmm. what we're really excited about, actually, is um, this GPT integration that we've been working on for the past two and a half weeks. So from the beginning of the year, more or less. And uh, yeah, we're really, really hyped. Our first um, testing premium users are really excited about um, interacting with the ChatGPT powered assistant coach. And it kind of adds a really nice, um, yeah, very interactive experience on the core experience that we already had in the app. So hopefully we'll see even uh, better adoption rates in the future with that. It's quite amazing. So um, you just mentioned there actually that the workdays are getting longer. Is that right? Um, I think if you look at the times that people work and spend in front of screens in particular, yes, that's true. Um, I think it kind of, there is a, some counter trends, so to say. So like, um, I don't know if you've heard already, but in the U.S. and Maryland, for instance, there is a consideration to introduce like the four-day work week now. So I think we have some trends that go kind of against that. But the overall yeah. work day increased, I think, by 40 minutes or something like that on average um, in the mm. past two to three years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Four-week work weeks, uh, four-day work weeks, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, it's actually pretty good. So we don't have that yet, but we tested or we are actually currently still testing um every second friday off we call it pit stop days um so basically days to recharge take care of stuff that you know you can't take care of during the week and for us it works really well i think it really depends on the context in which you're working and the rhythm and because we're a startup and we're kind of much more comparable to i would say a sports team than a company pretty much because we have these very kind of um uh, yeah, fast-paced periods where we are working towards a goal, like right now, for instance. And then we also have periods where things are a bit quieter. And in order to maintain energy and performance in those periods where things are quite hectic, um, we introduce these days because we notice like you just can't go that fast for like, you know, unlimited amounts of time. And like two mm -hmm. days in a weekend, it really isn't that much. Um, 
in Europe in particular, where we also have a lot of uh, engineering talent, um, you actually also don't have like uh, shops open, et cetera, on Sunday. So it's kind of like a good resting day, but you can't really take care of a lot of things. And so we um, noticed yeah. that our team just works really, really hard. And it was kind of a very out, like logical conclusion, to be honest, for both Anthony and me to say, we have to give them more, like as coaches, we need to give this team more resting time just because they're not like, they're so excited about what they're building and so on. Like they're not planning enough resting time themselves. And so we kind of introduced that. And I can see how that's going to probably evolve in a four day work week. Eventually, I think we're kind of on the way there, but I'm really curious mm. to see how a governmental body like the state of Maryland literally introduces it across the board and gives tax incentives to companies that adopt it. I think that's pretty, um, yeah, unique. I don't think that has happened yet worldwide. No, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Pretty little roll out. No, so we're, um, we're about to be based. So we are like a transatlantic team in some ways. So we have some yeah. people on the East Coast in the US and we have some people in Europe. Um, mm. And in Europe, it's Paris, Berlin, um, Zagreb and um, Belgrade. Okay. So your team of coaches, I mean, it uses AI basically for that coaching purpose now, doesn't it? Is that how it works? Exactly. So we have a cross-functional team. So we have coaches, we have um, writers, we have a designer, we have product people, we have um, kind of product growth marketer, um, and we have engineers, of course, um, and like different kinds, mobile engineers and backend engineering and so on. So it's a really like it, it takes a village to <laughs> put yeah. this together. And we also work with a community of um, experts that is stands behind the content. So we are not actually um, kind of we produce the content in-house, but we are not actually writing content from scratch, but we use um, frameworks, templates, um, ideas, insights, and, and kind of like process hacks from existing operators. Um, so people that have been in the industry for a long time, that have been leading teams for a long time, but also authors, workflow answers. So um, anyone who can basically kind of prove credibility in their niche and in their community, um, we either approach or they can also apply and we basically include them in our content production process. So it's not only the internal team, actually. It really does take many villages to <laughs> put this together. Yeah, how, how does the AI work? Because, I mean, does it scour the internet and use resources automatically and send that back as leadership um, tools? Is it, is it that advanced? Kind of. Kind of. Like, it's not entirely off. <laughs> One could imagine it like this, just that it doesn't happen in real time. So we... Because, um, maybe before I go there, it can't happen like this because when you learn um, and the idea behind Bunch is not, or the principles behind Bunch are not only around um, leadership and, and kind of AI, but like actually have to do a lot with how we learn and how we consume information. So one of the um, counterpoints that we made to kind of the traditional forms of professional learning is that we don't necessarily believe that long-form learning is the only or the best way to consume um, relevant insights and content. So we proposed a, an alternative format, which is basically a two-minute-a-day format. So it's a bite-sized session, mm -hmm. and it's interactive. It has content components, but it is highly interactive. So it kind of like 
if you're familiar with this language um, learning app Duolingo, so it kind of has a, lo a lot of that appeal or like that feeling. And so we can't really just scour the internet and then, you know, plug like long form webinars or podcasts or um, articles in there because you're on your phone, you're between meetings, you have no time. You don't really have the time to dive into each of those um, long form formats and kind of like dig out the nuggets. So we do that for you. So we have an in-house internal process that basically dissects a something that has been shared in a, in a longer form article, for instance, into something that actually can be consumed into minutes, but also is very actionable. So like results in an actual um, step you can take and you can take it like right now and today. And basically we do that constantly. So we build out our library, we continuously um, grow it. It's an ongoing process. Contemplation is basically kind of our bread and butter. So we do it all the time um, with the experts, with our community of users and so on. And basically the, we have two AI components. So what we've done so far before GPT-3 became kind of like mass adopted, let's say, over the month of December and January. And what is this? Sorry, we what's, what's that platform? Um, GPT or GPT-3. Yeah, so like it's, um, uh, haven't you heard about it? It's like all the talk. <laughs> I, I may have heard about it. I may have, but it's, just confirm Like it. LinkedIn is full of it, basically. Um, it's open AI. It's like machine learning uh, language model. So it's an interactive um, language-based uh, machine learning algorithm that allows you to um, basically do whatever you need to do with text. So yeah, like you can ask anything you want to the um, chat GPT interface and it gives you answers. Like you can tell it things like write me a LinkedIn article about the future of education, or you can um, ask it to write an email to your friend or whatever you want to have done. And basically yeah. that's called prompting. And then the better your prompt is, the more context the language model has, the better the output will be. And it's often like very difficult to recognize what has been actually done by a human versus what has been done by ChatGPT. And that's mm. kind of all the rave on the internet right now that you can't actually differentiate when somebody writes an essay, is it ChatGPT or is it a student? Um, and you can't recognize with, um, yeah, blog articles and things like that, has it been actually done by a human or by ChatGPT? So Crazy. The, yeah. this model... This model has been around for a long time. Like um, OpenAI, this company, um, um, I think Elon Musk is involved in it, um, like has been developing language models for I think the past four years or so, or maybe even five. Yeah. And this field of science is actually very old from like the 80s. Um, so language-based machine learning algorithms are, the idea is very old. But what has happened in the past two months is they have made it, mass appealing so like they basically worked so much on the user experience it's very fast it talks like a human um it barely like kind of gets stuck like you can't really break it much yeah. like yeah. you can actually really interact with it like with a human and so what changed for us is and before we were um as i mentioned working with recommendation technology so we had this kind of first pillar of our machine learning algorithm which was basically recommending the right type of content and the right piece of content at the right time for each user individually. But nowadays that, that everyone is used to this like chat interaction and we can tap into OpenAI's API as well, um, you kind of have this additional component that really talks to you. So um, using Bunch right now is not only anymore a content-based journey with like personalized content picked for you on a daily basis, 
it also has this um, very personalized feeling to like having a coach in your pocket, actually, that you can ask any question at any given moment in time. And it works through the issue with you. So it really does coaching. We use like coaching um, models, so to say, to, to train it and give it context. And at the same time, it points you to bunch content. So it gives you these actionable templates and the frameworks kind of fitting to the challenge that you're currently going through. Mm. Yeah, I was playing around that uh, chat GPT yesterday, actually, for the first time. So it's, it's quite an interesting platform. Nice. I, yeah. I do wonder yeah, how, yeah. Um, how the AI can distinguish if it's, if it's grabbing information from the internet, you know, is how accurate the information is going to be. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, there's also this phenomenon of like hallucinating. Uh, it's called so like when the AI actually makes things up and they're like not really true. Um, and it kind of says so, like it actually, if you ask like how accurate is information you provide, it gives you this answer of like, oh, it's mostly accurate, like 80% or so. But then there are like these few cases where I'm not 100% sure. And like, it may happen that I hallucinate something and I'm like, make something up without noticing it. Um, yeah. So that's definitely, a, that's definitely a problem. And it's a limitation of the technology. Um, which is why when we actually started building on top of um, our library, we, that's what I mentioned with like, we can't, we don't have like real time access um, to let's say Google, where if you enter a specific problem, we fall back on our library of content. And that is, um, good because it is completely like research content and actually validated content and owned content and that like, content that has been yes. produced with experts. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So with, with your platform, is it, may, is it more suitable for leaders or employees or, or sort of both? Um, that's a great question too, because it kind of depends what the definition of leader is, right? Okay, what's the <laughs> of definition focus, of leader? <laughs> of course, we focus mostly on managers um, because the the kind of challenges, I think, are plenty um, and, and the content fits really well. But we have about 30% team members actually on the platform as well. And we define leadership quite broadly. So we don't necessarily see leadership as a syn synonym to management. So you don't have to be a kind of formal manager in order to show leadership behaviors or to um, behave like a leader. Um, mm. What we understand under leadership basically is the impact, like you are a leader if you're impacting yourself and others in a positive way. Yeah. So it can be any type of behavior in a situation like, you know, um, if your team gets stuck with a discussion and you kind of point out hey, should we go back to the agenda or should we like kind of um, be mindful of time, wrap it up here and then focus on this new topic? That means most probably you're leading in that moment. So we really look at leadership as a situational, um, behavioral type of construct. And so the idea behind it really is to empower individuals at work to step up, to take um, steps forward in a way to like basically, yeah, impact and influence themselves and others around them in, in a good and positive way. And we provide tools to doing so. And of course, that often leads to more recognition, more responsibility that these individuals are given, uh, promotion opportunities and so on. Do you find, because I, I totally agree with that definition of leaders, I think we're all leaders because we all have um, 
a role to lead our lives, um, and that often is um, that's true. You know, totally. dependent on on relationships, and and that's a fact yep. of life. So, is this? Do you find the information provided in the platform, like the two minutes and if it's a day, um, really handy for the workplace? But is it also handy for just everyday life? Do you think? Um, I think in some ways it definitely is. I think also though we are producing it with this like very, um, you know, kind of sharp focus on work life. And we um, do want to serve particular use cases. So in, in product development and specifically in digital and like mobile product development, it's really crucial that you kind of try to, you know, tackle segment by segment. So like find one specific like group of people that have a shared problem space. So like they kind of run into similar problems and you solve those problems for them. And then you kind of move on to the next um, group of people, so to say. So we're still relatively early. As I mentioned, we started out like two years ago and um, we are still very much focused on managers in, let's say, very collaborative and kind of cross-functional context. So a lot of it is tech, but not only. We also have you know, just the traditional classic, like corporate type of um, people. We also have a few um, blue collar people that have to lead teams, build teams. We have lots of NGO um, type of managers. And it's interesting, like it, yeah, they like, as long as they share use cases, so as long as they are struggling with, let's say, um, managing their manager, um, communicating with their colleagues, um, time management and kind of procrastination, things like that. So like, as long as they're like shared topics, um, it's really not so much about the, you know, official role or title, but I do think that topic, that the content is really kind of focused on that. Now, that being said, we have had users coming to us and saying they apply tips with their partner (laughs) and they apply tips with their parents and things like this. So like, I think when it Mm, comes to communication, it's... You know, like you you communicate um, differently, of course, in the workplace than you do privately. But when you have struggles, there is a common root cause. And if you try to solve for that root cause in, let's say, the work context, chances are you also improve in your personal life and vice versa. So it's not like as black and white, of course. Yeah. yeah. So what, I mean, can you give us an example of what a two-minute tip may look like or or how someone might use that and integrate it? Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I'm actually literally pulling it up now. Let's see mm-hmm. what. Um, so this mine is just a daily is, thing um, on your app that's come through. Exactly. So I actually have how to actually unplug when on vacation today. I'm not on vacation, however, um, one of my team members is going on vacation next uh, week. So this is actually really fitting. I'm going to forward it to her. Also, a very common use case actually is kind of like managers and and uh, peers in the workplace that then show see something that is actually fitting in the context around them, but you kind of have a, so it's based on um, um, this uh, person, uh, Bridget Schulte, director at Better Life Lab. So there is an expert behind it and it basically kind of um, gives you three steps on how to actually make sure you can unplug on vacation. And the first step is create a list of key projects and tasks that you kind of need to hand over or manage for other time. Block time out to hand over work, which many people I think forget and don't count in and get like into this frenzy and the last day, and then organize catch-ups in advance. And then it basically walks you really through um, like a quick tappable kind of Instagram story type of format through these three points and tells you how to do that. 
for instance, when you create the list of key projects and um, tasks, you kind of have to just like make a list of all projects that you're working on, write down the progress you expect to make for each one and next steps and identify yeah. owners for each. And really then cool. in the handover, you kind of talk with everyone. So it's really designed to be, you know, like immediately applicable. And if you mm. are going on vacation or a colleague, they kind of go through this and they're like, oh, I can totally do that right now. And then I'll feel better when I'm on vacation because I feel like I handled this. So yeah, it's really like practical and, and hands-on. Totally simple. Yeah. So you can share that with people. Um, I suppose yeah. can you you can search like if you if you're thinking about going on holiday and your article for totally. the day is not related, you could just jump in there and say holiday and find something related. Totally. And it's the longer you use the app, the more relevant the content gets, right? Like when you onboard the app, you basically, we, we create a work style profile of you. So we have a mini like um, psychological assessment in the beginning with 10 questions that creates okay. a profile. So I'm, for instance, the maker and it gives you a little bit about yourself. So I'm like very collaborative and adaptable and so on. And we base the recommendations based on that, but also on your role and also the topics you're interested in and how you interact with the tip. So like if you let's say complete your tip or whether you like save it, whether you um, abandon it. So you open one, but you don't finish it. Like all of that yeah. influences what type of content you are getting in the Okay. Future. So it starts to learn who you are, what you're, what you're interested in, what your struggles are and exactly. And then there. you have, of yeah. course, yeah, exactly. And you have, of course, the library that you can also search. And as I mentioned now with um, ChatGPT, it's actually super easy. You can also just tap, ask a coach, start writing a message and say like, Oh, um, I am having uh, meetings that run over all the time. What can I do now? And then it kind of like gives you um, maybe ask like a few, like one or two follow-up questions, gives you a, um, a few resources, helps you clarify questions about how to apply them and so on. So yeah, many ways to unlock the wisdom, I would say. So a bunch <laughs> integrates with chat GPT. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we've been working on for the past two, three weeks with the team. Um, and it's really was amazing to see how quickly we actually pulled this off. And I think it goes to say how easy OpenAI's API really is and the technology, how far it is, um, because mm. we really were able to, um, yeah, kind of build a an AI mm. agent, a persona on top of what we already have created. So of course we have a brand and, you know, like a tone of voice in the app that kind of our users are used to. So we needed to take that piece of technology that OpenAI provides and not only train it all the things that Bunch knows, so like the library and what you know about each user, but at the same time also train the tone of voice and the personality and how to interact with the user and how mm. to coach. I mean, um, ChatGPT can tell you um, how coaching looks like or like what the steps of coaching are. If you go and say like, what is a coaching process like or so, but it doesn't typically coach you. So in order to really make it into like a, you know, a persona of some type or like, mm. let's say you would make ChatGPI into like an engineer or something, <laughs> you would still need to train it quite a lot. You would need to give it like a lot of context on identity and context and how it communicates, how it interacts, tone of voice and so on. So, We've done mm. a lot of that work over the past days and it's going live next week. So it's really exciting, actually. And Pretty we've cool. had the first testers on it today. So where do you see the future of um, Bunch? Where do you see it heading? Um, I mean, it's kind of the same vision that we've had from the beginning um, of the journey, I would say. It's really bringing the power of a coach to the 100%, assuming that it's only a very little percentage that has access to it as of today. 
And we are um, planning, we have big plans for this year. So we want to grow um, to 250, 300,000 um, users. We want to grow to 5,000 premium members. Um, and yeah. of course, also, um, yeah, just like mature all systems and kind of um, get from a 10 people team into like a bit more of a, of a business setup. But overall, I think we are done when everyone can actually make a dent in the universe. So we're really, really after every professional out there. And like, we want to be that force or that tool that you really call your kind of secret weapon in, in many ways when it comes to work, um, growth, yep. professional growth, career progression, and so on. Okay. I know you said it's not going to replace coaches necessarily, leadership coaches, but do you think there's a chance that um, they'll become less necessary with um, the likes of Bunch and other have similar platforms? I don't think so. I think that what we need from coaches more than ever is insights, knowledge, and wisdom. Because again, the AI we have today at the very least is very good at low-level tasks, what we call it. So like even if you think, I mean, it's pretty impressive that it can talk with you and it feels like a human, right? But yeah. at the same time, it's literally just plugging together information and understand, like applies a set of questions that coaches have been, you know, iterating on for many years at this point. Like, um, I think anything that is highly complex and creative or in high levels of ambiguity is still going to be very hard for AI. So I think the role of a coach will change and transform into more of a creator. So like, I think we will see more and more coaches training AI and inputting their knowledge into databases and productizing it rather than kind of delivering it in a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I definitely think coaches will need to become much, much more of a creator persona than they are today. Um, yeah. But it, I also am really excited about this because first, a lot of people know a lot of things in this world, but not many people have access to it. And I think we will see an increase in impact for each of those coaches. So they will be able to just reach more people without needing to become these like crazy marketing machines, you know, um, mm. that I think many coaches struggle with. Like they do it. They are on LinkedIn or on Twitter or in other places because they have to, but it, they don't really enjoy it. And I think that having AI in between will allow every coach to have a kind of a more calmer approach to content production because they can literally just like, you know, write things out, um, put things in, and then AI can help modularize it and personalize it to each person's taste instead of the poor coach needing to do the coaching plus and also needing to do the marketing strategy plus thinking about how they communicate to all these different stakeholders and these audiences. And I think it was a pretty, I think, stressful way how to pull up a coaching existence, to be honest, in the past. And mm. I am really excited to see that it actually will kind of extend their their insight and extend their knowledge and impact. We, I think what's really interesting is, and this is what's entirely unclear right now, yeah. how do we incentivize creators in this new world of ChatGPT and Google's right. um, AI um, that comes out now, like, because if they're actually pulling together resources and people are not going to these original, you know, um, profiles, websites, and so on, how do these people actually still get leads? How do they yeah, get right. website traffic? 
And but that's, I think, a big question for me. Like, I think the business model behind it is entirely unclear. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so best place is bunch.ai. Is that how people can go find out more about it, join in? Sure. I mean, that's always, of course, easy. I, if you want to try out the app, I, I recommend going to the app store and really just look for bunch work or bunch leadership, bunch coach. Okay. Yep. And you'll see uh, a black and green logo. Um, that's the place to be. And uh, download the app. It's free. We have a premium version, but you can totally also use the free version. There's a free trial too. So we really encourage to um, check it out and give us feedback. Mm. Uh, but um, otherwise on LinkedIn, I think we're really active as well. Um, and there's lots of free content that we're posting as well, which is useful. That's so cool. No, really um, good to chat with you today, Daria. And um, I appreciate your time coming on the show. Yeah, super cool. Thanks very much for having me. Guys, you can check it all out at thehiddenway.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwide.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon